Welcome to the Human Centered Leadership Podcast with me, your host, Kulmahe. I have worked in the leadership space for three decades, and now I work with organizations and leaders to develop powerful cultures of high value and performance that is built all around their people. We will interview leaders from around the world and at the very top end of their game to explore what emotional intelligence in practice actually looks like and the benefits that it could bring to any team. This is a movement to transform the way that we see leadership and to create powerful cultures where people feel seen, heard, valued and appreciated and consequently perform to the very best. Why don't you join the movement and subscribe to our podcast and don't forget to click on notifications to stay up to date with all new content. Today I'm speaking to another, another amazing leader that uh, I've heard about and she's doing some incredible stuff with her brand new business. I say it's brand new because it's only about a couple of years old, but she, with the, the backstory, uh, the the thinking, her passion and her philosophy around leadership is just perfect for this uh, show. So uh, without further ado, I want to say uh, welcome to Bev Wakefield, Bev Beverly. Uh, we've had this conversation early on today. Uh, it's on a Saturday we're recording this particular program, so we decided Bev is a, a good Saturday name. Bev, welcome to the uh, show. Thank you very much, Colin. Yeah, really pleased to be here. I mean, I've heard some really good things about you and I read up uh, on some of the th- stuff that you've done. You worked for a quite, I think we can safely say, quite a unique accountancy firm in the UK. I have to say the UK because we have listeners from all around the world on this podcast. Um, Cooper Parry is a large accountancy firm in the UK. I've been to their offices because I have this, you know, this passion around understanding what what different organisations do with their cultures and their leadership styles. And I have to say, when I went into Cooper Parry, I walked into this organisation and from the outside, it just looked like any old building. But when I walked in, I was struck with the vibrancy of the colours, these bright colours. There was a cycle that people could use to cycle around the office. I remember there was a, a meeting room that was like Alice in Wonderland. There were sleeping pods. There was all sorts of incredible things. Um, you were working there till what, 2015 or something like that? Or what was that like? Cooper Parry have always been disruptors and they've definitely done that in the way of their, uh, their culture, the marketing, but also the way their business looks. Um, I think Birmingham was the building that's even more extroverted, shall we say, um, and the sky view on at East Midlands Airport is uh, slightly more toned down, I think, than the Birmingham one. It is an absolute, obviously, disruptive statement, very vibrant. And I think talking to you earlier as well in terms of actually, I think some of that kind of stuff that you could see, I've learned a lot from it, but it's kind of, it's almost applying it into kind of a really uh, meaningful way for kind of the team going forward and taking kind of the best parts of what work and how people can actually work in a productive way, perhaps, and, and actually taking that into my business going forward. I think that's that, that's really sensible and uh, really enlightening, to be quite honest, because sometimes we can be struck with the vibrancy of the the physicality, if you like, of the working environment. Think, hey, wow, this must be an incredible organisation. But like with many, many organisations, nothing is ever perfect, is it? And so there's always something that we can learn from that. There are lots of positives with an environment like that. And, you know, certainly when I visited the offices, I felt this great energy. 
but that doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. And I, I'm, I'm guessing that they are striving towards perfection. But as you grow, and Cooper Parry is getting bigger and bigger, and you know, it, it's always growing. You know, it's a great organisation in the sense that it's always growing. But with growth comes additional responsibilities and challenges, doesn't it? And you must know this as an accountant supporting businesses as well. Oh, exactly that. You start as perhaps, and when I started Cooper Parry, there was definitely that more of that family feel in terms of because you are a, a smaller kind of entity. And as you grow you, quite, quite easily, you can kind of lose that identity. And they were really keen to kind of keep that vibrancy as an interesting use of our name to be fair realizing that we're vibrant um, as accountancy but actually trying to pull in the team and I think sometimes it's really important to then step back and go what do they really need out of this now I, I imagine as well with the pandemic and what have you there has been a big shift in actually what people are starting to feel is important to them as employees and actually what they want to see delivered and I know Cooper Perry have done that work from wherever for kind of the rest of your life where you know wherever whenever type thing and actually gone you don't need to come back to our spectacular offices and actually they've kind of listened and gone to their team actually a lot of them are now working from home as well um, or overseas or where have you and you, you do see those images um, so we are definitely in a kind of a different world aren't we in terms of what our employees want and what it means to be in a career now I think you're so right Beverly I think I think what's happened over the last couple of years is We've almost, don't you feel that the world has almost shifted on its axis and uh, people have recalibrated priorities and the good employers, like the Cooper Parries of the world, the good employers have listened to that and understood that we're living now in this shape-shifting world. And if, we, if we're not agile enough to understand and work to that, then actually we can get left behind as an organisation. Uh, I've worked with lots of organisations, you know, Bev. Uh, I've done diagnostics, culture diagnostics in organisations. I've done some consultancy in organisations uh, where they've got high levels of turnover. And when you start talking to the staff, the staff are saying, well, I feel like I'm being constrained. I feel like I've got I've got no freedom. I feel like I'm not being valued. I feel like I'm not being appreciated, despite everything that I did during the lockdown experience. And when you hear that, I always have this sort of, you know, I sort of shake my head a bit because I think, wow, has this organization not understood that people's sort of fundamental physiological needs are at the very forefront right now? And, 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 and if we don't address those, it's a bit like the whole Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I talk about this an awful lot, you know, before 20, 2020, before the lockdown, uh, we were, many of us were probably at self-actualization, you know, everything was where it needed to be in our world. So we're probably thinking about, Hey, I want to go explore spirituality or you know, trip around the world or buy that motorbike or whatever it might be. Um, but then suddenly everybody, almost everybody in the world came right back down to the very basic need. And that was around safety, security, food, water. Consequently, we started emptying the shelves of toilet rolls, for God's <laughs> sakes, uh, in supermarkets. But, you know, when you are faced with, threat, uh, you know, a, a, a perceived threat, then you lose the rationale uh, in your mind and you, you resort to very sort of uh, limbic, animalistic kind of behavior, don't you? And I think some people are still there. Some people still want to be appreciated, valued, seen and heard. And I think that's the recalibration that people have had in their own minds. Oh, definitely. And I think there's even that balance as a, as a leader and a business owner as well, isn't there? Of, you know, more than anything, we need to trust our employees. We, yeah. it, that should almost be kind of a given a right that they we can trust them to get their kind of work done. But at the same time, that kind of that security, perhaps, that all the business owners have gone through as well. They're kind of going, well, actually... 
I'm not used to this. I'm used to seeing you and then I trust you. <laughs> and actually yeah. I can I can see you working and I know you're working hard and I can see you at your desk. And it's actually evolved so much from there that actually I feel like some leaders, business owners really struggle with that concept. But then it's the flip side as well, isn't it? It's that culture. You know, when you're all together as a team, there's nothing better than being as a kind of a, a team together where you're collaborating together, you're kind of the real teamwork kind of really pulls through. Yeah. Whereas when you're working from home, you can get that real sense of I'm going to get my job done. And it's really trying to find an integrated way to this hybrid working now, isn't it? That gives that flexibility to the team. I think you're so, so right. I think, you know, we can quite easily sit here and say, you know, everyone should be allowed to work from home. Everyone should work from home if that's what they feel. But there are also downsides from working from home. There's this the sense of isolation that you get. You know, I'm so pleased now over the last couple of months, I've started working with my clients face to face again. I'm delivering more programs face to face. And you know what? It's like a breath of fresh air. It's almost like uh, I feel re-energized as a consequence of doing that. That's not to say I wasn't doing any. I was very busy during the lockdown period, but it was all from this office here. You know, so there's a bit of that. And there's also that if you're working in an organization, there's that, there's that silo mentality that creeps in, as you quite rightly say, where teams will say, as long as our team are doing this, we don't care what everybody else is doing. And I've heard this from so many organizations when I've done some work with them. But listen, you, I mean, you, you, you actually started your business. You've been through this, this uh, roller coaster almost, you know, you, you've really been tested because you, if I'm, if I'm right, you started your business in 2019. Um, and, uh, then you, um, partnered up with Ian, I forget Ian's second name. Yeah. So Ian Ball. So yeah, we actually co-founded this September, 2019. So before I'd been doing it as a one man band for like lifestyle. Um, balance perspective whilst I had little ones um, but yeah literally September 2019 pre-pandemic me and Ian um, that's like six months before the lockdown exactly we just took our first member of team on in March first of March she started <laughs> so I mean just talk me through the journey from September 2019 how it grew what you were doing and then what happened what were your thoughts when when the pandemic kicked in when the lockdown kicked in as a new business owner. I, th I think that's it. We were still finding our way. We'd got ourselves some offices in Derby. Um, we'd literally just taken on Sam, our first employee, our kind of queen of bookkeeping, bless her. You know, integrating her into the business. And then all of a sudden that, that kind of, um, we were already starting to work a little bit more hybrid because we'd started hearing, obviously, kind of news um, as it kind of transpired. And then that day came where we were just plunge straight into lockdown and I think for me yeah I was very much just going right what does it mean there's going to be so many business owners out there I don't think I really had time to think about what it meant for us I think we felt stable enough we'd been fortunate that we'd got kind of a, a good client bank but it was very much going right there's going to be lots of people that aren't going to understand what Rishi is announcing right now and um, what it means where they can get help and I think I just kind of changed tactics I mean fortunately we had just taken on Sam my caseload changed. I stopped doing so much fee generating work and actually went, right, I'm going to digest it. I'm going to make sure people understand it. I'm going to be there for them for calls to kind of help out. Um, did tons of like panels, videos, blog content, all that kind of thing. I think my little face was all over LinkedIn, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> I keep getting reminded of a lot of times when I see people. Um, 
and that was our kind of our strategy to help. But it actually then meant we then started to grow because despite the pandemic, there were businesses thriving. There were businesses struggling as well that needed that support to then enable them to kind of stay stable. But it, it was quite an interesting place for us. And I don't know if that's because of who we'd attracted as clients anyway, that we were of that kind of growth mindset and mentality that people were then just kind of pivoting is such an overused word, isn't it? But pivoting and shifting and saying, right, how can we do this? What do we need to do um, to kind of get through? And, that, and that's how our business altered. And so we went in as the three of us and we came out as eight of us. It was, um, it was a ridiculous journey. <laughs> I guess what you're saying is that your demand grew as a consequence of the lockdown experience. And because businesses are trying to understand, hey, what off, what support is the government giving me and how do I manage my business better in this whole new environment? Because I'm no longer where I used to be in the offices. I'm now stuck at home. So how, what does that mean to my business? So there's all these questions that perhaps would have been alien to you because nobody would ever have asked you these kind of questions. So not only do, were you did you see yourself as the, the 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 person that people would look to for advice you had to learn this stuff yourself as, as well as a business owner yourself <laughs> and I was fortunate that I guess we used to get in a budget um in terms of from the chancellor and what have you so we're quite used to having yearly changes or twice yearly dependent on whether we go back to a spring budget as well now but um, actually, I guess kind of taking that information and dissecting it, I'm quite used to in terms of like HMRC, obviously there's lots of changes, there's lots of rules, we get lots of case law. So we, we tend to be, I suppose, well adverse to kind of getting something and kind of going, right, what does it actually mean? And now, I don't know, and maybe that's something I quite enjoy, then taking it to that other level of going, right, okay, I understand it now. Let's, we've, we've got to break it down even more. How can, when I speak to my parents or my husband, does he fully understand what happens as well? Because, you know, we, we all go into business for different purposes and we're not all accountants to start with, are we? <laughs> I think this is a very human thing that you're saying in terms of, I think it was Einstein that once said something like, I'm going to have to paraphrase this as a true genius is somebody who can take something that's really, really complicated and explain it really simply. And I think there's so much in that. And, and it's a very human trait, actually, the ability to connect with people and explain something that's complex in a simplistic kind of way in their language, which is, I guess, your job, really. Yeah, it really is. And not, not all accountants are great at it either, because sometimes no, I think no, it's, I agree. it's there to bamboozle people sometimes and feel like we've got a, a badge of, uh, of honour almost. But it's that for me. No, <laughs> it's really not. It's kind of like you say, keeping it simple making it understandable to everyone. Now, when I talk about the lockdown experience, I, I don't just talk about 2020 because I think it followed us through into 2021. So I think we had two years of shifting sands, as I describe it. Uh, and you can't build a house on shifting sands. You really can't because, you know, it's going to go all over the place. So, you know, you use the word pivot and I think it is overused word as a word, but it's, I can't think of another word to use, to be honest. We're constantly pivoting and the other overused word is agile. We've all had to be agile because, you know, as the sands keep shifting from beneath our feet, we had to keep rethinking and restructuring how we're doing things. But in those two years, you were a brand new business. You had your first employee, you had your offices, which, by the way, you couldn't use during the whole lockdown experience, I'm guessing. But you managed to, uh, you know, get yourself up to eight members of staff. And that's incredible. Your workload increased, uh, goodness knows how many fold. But also, 
your founding partner, Ian, also left because he had a, a job opportunity come up, which was like the dream job for him. So you, suddenly you were left by yourself running this organization with like eight members of staff. What did that feel like for you? You know what? It's been a really interesting journey. So I think a couple of months back, I realized that Ian wasn't particularly happy. He wasn't in a, in the right place, if that makes sense. He, yeah. he was doing a role that he was really good at, but felt kind of perhaps restricted and perhaps then not as part of Vibrant as he, as he wanted to be because he was in a certain area doing FD work for, for a couple of clients. And he'd found his calling. The FD work was his calling. And so we worked together to kind of go, right, well, how could this look? Could you, could you manage a business just looking after these clients or is that never going to work? And so he took some time out and I said, look, I'm here to support you, whatever happens. I'm happy to pursue Vibrant by myself. I'm happy for you to be by myself as well because we've done great as we have already and um so he took a little bit of time out i kind of gave him some parameters of you know when to look at it and yeah end of august actually 31st of august i actually bought him out he's now moved he's, he's now a client we we catch up every month for breakfast as well so we're, it's all on incredible terms but um yeah it, we have constantly had to change like we will constantly change as well i won't be afraid to alter things and go we're not serving our customer in the right way or this has changed it i'm mm. very keen to always be pushing forwards to kind of go what can we do better what you know to the minutiae to the the process in terms of going well does that second review need to come straight through to me is that you know is there a better way is that yeah. everything's yeah, kind yeah. of scrutinized and um the girls and um, we are a full team of girls now which wasn't by purpose it was <laughs> by you know or coincidence but um yeah but they all know that their views are completely valued as well and actually they're closer to a lot of it than i am so yeah constant evolution so i mean i, I love that i love that you're constantly thinking things through i love the fact that you supported ian to pursue his own dreams and I mean, that takes a level of courage for you because if you have created something and it's still brand new, really, you know, and it's still growing, it's still scaling, uh, but you've got a founding partner with you, it almost feels like you've got this this hand that you can grab grab hold of. You're, t you're traveling this journey by yourselves, you know, together, but then all of a sudden you're by yourself. And I think it's, it's a great testament to you that the courage that you've demonstrated in a supporting Ian to go and follow his dream, which is a great thing to do anyway, but then to take on vibrant cancer by yourself and say, right, okay, we're going to move this forward. Uh, then you must've had some, some sleepless nights and <laughs> some moments of, of, of fear, you know, oh, yeah. maybe through excitement. I don't know. I've had, I've had every emotion call. Like I've had the moments <laughs> where I can't sleep at night because you're worried. I've had the moments from pure excitement and going, I can do X, Y, and Z, and the floodgates opening of kind of new ideas and where to take it forward and everything in between. Um, I think I'm quite fortunate, again, being an accountant, I've been able to sit back and go, right, let's forecast everything forward. Let's think about what happens if I do this plan, this plan, and actually kind of taking that time out. I've really kind of got the team together and gone, right, guys, these are my thoughts. This is where I want to go. This is the challenges we've got. These are the things we've got to face give me your thoughts but this is where I am and I, I was so honest at that first point and kind of going look I really appreciate you continuing to follow me because you know they, they had Ian there as well so they could have gone actually this is a lot for a team to go through you know that that change this fast growth and they've all been completely behind me and it's just been wonderful wonderful to kind of go through and experience with them.
I mean, it sounds like you've got a great team and the, the fact that they're all female is m- more sort of by accident than design, yeah, isn't definitely. it? Really? <laughs> it's not that you're like, you know, a group of feminists no. and saying, right, we're going to have this all. And poor Ollie's been kicked yeah, out. Yeah, it could look it's, like that. You're not right. like that, <laughs> is it? <laughs> but listen, I mean, you're going through such incredible changes uh, 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 and, 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 you know, congratulations on all the growth that you're experiencing. But with growth and with scaling comes all sorts of challenges, as we all know. Um, and of course, a lot of change and change process I support a lot of organizations when they're going through change, particularly those that seem to be growing exponentially. And suddenly they get to a point where they think, oh, we can't cope with all of this. You know, our staff don't listen to us. And, you know, we've got this breakdown in trust or breakdown in communication. Uh, what do you do to keep your staff engaged and your team engaged and you know, make sure the lines of communication and that foundation of trust, which is so important in, in, your, in any organization, what do you do to make sure all that's in place? I think twofold. So I think it's the fact that I'm completely transparent and honest. And so we'll keep them always updated in terms of where the journey's going and ask them to, as I trust them, for them to trust me. And that I will always be making decisions based on that. But then it's also sitting down with everyone and going, what are you worried about? You know, how, how has this made you feel? These last changes, how has that made you feel? Mm. Are you worried? Are you excited? You know, what are the challenges you're facing? How, how valued do you feel right now? Like, we actually do a radar chart every quarter where we go in the, one to ten. How do you feel about these different things from package to the role they're doing yes. to all that kind of thing? So I can actually, each quarter, I can pull them open and go oh, you've slipped there, you've slipped two points, That that's big in a quarter, what's happened? Or the other way, you've gone up, like what's changed? Is it mm. just environmental, um, you know, you're worried about interest rates or something like that? Or is it the fact that you're kind of, you're not feeling valued in the workplace? So I guess it's that talking, isn't it? It's actually yeah um feeling like they can come to me about anything and likewise we're, we're all human I, I don't feel like I've got to be stood there as the leader kind of going this is how I've got to be behind my behind my armor I drop my armor I'm I'm real they know if they, they'll know if I'm having a bad day not in the way that I'm a grump in the office but just they'll I'll just you know I need this is how I'm feeling today, guys. I'm, I'm fine and I'll go through it. I think this is so important what you're talking about right now. And I think so many leaders uh, and I, leadership health, mental health is, is, I think, is a very, very important issue and very little talked about where leaders feel that they have to put on this armor, as you describe, or this force field. They, they feel that they have to look a certain way and behave a certain way, despite what might be going on in their own lives. Um, and, and as human beings, we all have challenges. We all have those ups and downs, you know, in our lives that will affect who we are as human beings. Uh, and we may well be carrying that baggage around. And I think a really challenging thing for any human being to do, let alone a leader, is to show vulnerability. But when you are able to show vulnerability, that's when your human nature really truly comes out. And that's when you can connect with people at a much, much deeper, deeper level. You still have to manage those emotions. This is not about, you know, allowing your emotions to run away with you. You still have to manage your emotions, but it's about 
I think you used the word transparency. It's about becoming more and more transparent so people can see through who you are or through to who you are uh, as a real human being. And I think that's a it's a massive uh, ingredient for building trust in an organisation. Mm, no, I agree. And uh, I think the whole Brenny Brown kind of vulnerability thing is something that I do absolutely kind of adore. And, and you're right, it's not me... <laughs> controversially you can say I know someone mentioned to me the other day you go on LinkedIn and there's all these kind of uh, people trying to be vulnerable but actually going too far and and I, I haven't got a view on it I'm I'm very good at I don't mean sitting on the fence but seeing things from both sides and I kind of quite like that in terms of I'll try and take a balanced view of them but it's not about as you say kind of showing raw emotion and having a fit of rage or crying in a corner it's it's just saying it's it's okay to feel like this and this is why this is happening at the moment um and likewise my team will come to me if they've got an issue that they're kind of struggling with and they can't quite process it themselves and i'd never want that to change uh, and, and uh, it sounds like you know you've got your team exactly where you need it to be it sounds like it's a really supportive team that there's a good foundation of trust and that can only mean one thing and i work to a formula here i say p plus q equals p, uh, p. if you focus on your people and you focus in on the quality of the service or the product that you deliver, the performance looks after itself. So I'm just listening to you now, and you clearly are focusing in on the people. You are clearly focusing in on the quality of the service that you provide for your client. It's a very human, very uh, very understandable service. Uh, so your performance must be in increasing. Now, please prove my formula right. Is your performance improving? Are, are we likely to see your uh, vibrant accountancy continue to grow? That's <laughs> definitely our aim, yes. <laughs> I need a textbook case for you. Yeah, yeah. And it, has, and it has, and you're right. I think, actually, you obviously get that movement of people going um, to and from a business, but it's actually finding that foundation of people that completely see and understand where you're going. And we're a startup business as well, so we have a lot of kind of pressures, and we're really quite clear about that when we start interview phase in terms of going, you know, we're not a easy to... Um, work for company because we're so fast-paced we're growing year in year out clearly you are expanding you are growing and you're, you're so right you, you you demonstrate the challenges of exponential growth accelerated growth and it, it's a bit a bit like a roller coaster ride isn't it where you have to grip on tight you you enjoy the thrills and the spills but there's also the scary moments as well where you suddenly wake up in the middle of the night you know what? I, I, I've been running my business now for what six years now, and I still wake up in the middle of the night every now and then, and think, "Oh my God, I'm so excited about this!" Or, "Oh my God, I haven't done this!" Or, "Oh my God, I haven't planned for A, B, C, D." And I think that's because your business becomes your baby, doesn't it? And so it's natural that you do that anyway. But when you are at that early part of the business and you're scaling up and it's everything's going really, really fast, it must be so challenging. Um, what are the plans going forward? Where would you like to see? Um, you know, a vibrant accountancy in, let's say, two years' time. Yeah, so two years' time is all about us. Um, it sounds cliche, doesn't it? But getting a, almost a prototype in Derby. So making sure that I'm completely comfortable with the entire process from step one on the entire journey that a client goes through with us. And, and maybe I am a little bit of a perfectionist in this and kind of, I know when I, when I say this to kind of trusted peers and coaches, they're kind of like, you're there, Bev, like, don't worry. But I don't ever want to kind of sit back on our laurels in terms of going, yeah, we're, we're producing a good service. Yeah. I always want it to be great. I want it to be that 
kind of next level. And I can, you know, a couple of years, Hopeful is our next office location in kind of a similar similar area to Derby. And it's kind of building that kind of that momentum of, yeah, of supporting f- further afield, really. I mean, you, you can do that remotely, can't you, from one location? But You absolutely can. I mean, th- th- that's one good thing in this this incredible new world. You can grow a lot quicker than you could before because, you know, a lot of it is remote, a lot of it is digital, and, you know, you can access parts of the world that you wouldn't have been able to access before or parts of the country. So I have no doubt that uh, you will grow uh, at the rate that you want to grow, if not faster, to be honest. You know, um, I think that uh, uh, your, your philosophy on leadership and culture, I think that's going to be a real big sell for you. Um, and I just want to touch upon diversity. I know I know that we've laughed that you've had an all-female team, but uh, we've, we have touched upon culture. And, uh, you know, one of the things that are, I guess uh, slightly frustrating for me is this constant talk that we have around inclusivity, around diversity, and it becomes the, these strap lines and these strap phases become so uh, so prevalent in 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 our lives. But what do they truly mean? And I, I often think, you know, every time we hear about diversity, we we start talking about targets, and we need to have X percent of this di- demographic or that demographic or this protected characteristics. And I always wonder, well, just because you've got 5% of, you know, black and Asian or 10% women or 20% uh, LGBT, does that really shape your business any different? Does that make your organization any more diverse or inclusive? And, and I struggle to understand how representation and true diversity can work hand in hand. I think representation has a part to play. But for me, true representation is when you create an environment where people are allowed to speak with the experience in life that they've come with, where they feel valued and appreciated, heard and seen, irrespective of what they look like or what their what their preferences on on, on the outside. So, true diversity is cognitive diversity, diversity of thought. Um, what's your thoughts on that? What's your thought on diversity and inclusion? Yeah, no, it's a brilliant question because I feel like. Every different person has so much to offer from their experiences, their, you know, everything they've kind of been through. And each person should be able to be given that chance to influence the, the build, you know, the business, the culture and, and where it's going. And I think that's like you say, I don't know if you can put numbers on that and go, well, this I need this percentage of people here. It should just be that whoever's great at that role you need you need to look beyond it as well and go well okay yeah typically the accountants might be male and you know 50 or what have you if you look at the the photographs and that that doesn't mean that a mum who has challenges of looking after children isn't able to kind of deliver that as well and actually she's probably built quite a lot of experiences on organization and juggling and all that kind of thing and actually it's just being that human and I feel for anyone coming through the door, it's actually going, what experiences have you got that you can bring, male, female, as you say, LGBT, any kind of ethnic diversity? It's not about pigeonholing people, is it? It's it's kind of coming, yeah, what can you bring? And yeah, we've ended up being a full female team and that was purely by accident because as people were coming in, they they showed that culture. They, they you know, they ticked the things where we were going as a business of being very kind of progressive. And 
I really wouldn't mind what anybody kind of looks like, uh, talks like, anything like that. It, that's not the part of it, is it? It's, uh, it's beyond that. Just reading between the lines of how you've been recruiting your team, you're looking at the values of that individual and saying, hey, will they fit in vibrant accountancy? And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. You know, values have to align yes. and people need to know what their values are. But they also need to accord to the values of the organisation, whatever that organisation might be, because that's when you know that you're you're in that sweet spot, if you like. You know, you're going to have a really good, healthy relationship, and you've got to, they'll have a they'll be happy in the workplace, and you will have a, a a great relationship and build lots of trust with your employee as well, members of your team. Uh, Bev, it's been absolutely fantastic speaking to you. I can't believe that we've just slightly gone over time here. I could talk to you all day long, to be quite honest. Um, we should catch up over a cup of tea because you don't live far away from me and it'd be an absolute honour and pleasure to, to sit down and continue our conversation, maybe even have episode two, I don't know, no, I'd love <laughs> of the podcast. Uh, but listen, it's been great speaking to you. Thank you so much for being here and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thank you ever so much, Cole. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please do subscribe and click on notifications for new content. And of course, connect with me on LinkedIn. Take care, have a great day.